Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. 1 Corinthians 4, talking about the end when uh, God will do judgment. It says, He will bring to light what was hidden in the darkness and expose the motives of the heart at that time. And here's a switch. Each will receive their praise from God. So we spend a lot of time here talking about us praising God. There'll be a moment in history where God will give individuals honor for the things that they have done. What will that look like? I picture some kind of an award ceremony with little trophies. And at one point in the whole history of thing, you know, God will say, well, all those who were part of the story of so-and-so gentleman who was living on the streets who came to Jesus. And they may even like have that guy. Let's call him Jack. Say, Jack, would you stand up? And he'll just read the names of the people that were impacted and that were part of the story. And then we all stand up and then we'll distribute these trophies to you. Here you go. Thank you for changing a life. I, you don't like that idea? First service didn't like it either. It must be a stupid illustration. I tried it twice and nobody was like, what? The trophy? Anyway, never mind. But but receive praise from God. Thank yous and those things. So, the point is, everybody should sign up and serve the homeless population in the city. Stand for closing prayer. Bye. No. Actually, that's not the point. Oh, that might be an option for some of you. I, I would say, there's a, there's a point in here, a something we should all do. That's a pretty broad statement. Every one of us really should lean into a life that is not just about me and you. Every one of us should have a portion, at least a portion of our life, that we live concerned for people outside the outside there somewhere. And I would make the case, don't just think about, well, I care about other people. I care about my, you know, my spouse if I'm married, or my boyfriend, or my girlfriend, or my kids, or my, right? Not just those people. Those are like the, sh- like the have to. Like you have to, you have to take care of that, like, right? Like those are, yeah. But people, even beyond that, in Mark chapter 12, Jesus was asked about what's the most important commandment? or commandments. What are the most important things? And some of you know his response. First one was, love the Lord your God with everything that's in you, all your heart and soul and mind and strength, right? First and most important command. Only the second command, number two, that's pretty high. Number two, love your, say it, neighbor. And I did a little study on the word. That word neighbor means kind of close, but kind of far away. It doesn't include the inner circle. Jesus said, but love people that are kind of close, but kind of far away too. So hold that thought. We're kicking off a series called Scent. Our community, our opportunity. And it's going to be a series that I think will challenge us or encourage us to get out of just living for ourselves. This is part of an initiative or a thing that we feel like we're supposed to focus on in 2020, 
And I won't give you all the details, but part of what we're trying to do this year is to become a church that has an impact on our city. Uh, uh, it, it started with a retreat that I was on toward the end of last summer, and it felt like I was kind of dialoguing with God. I wasn't hearing his voice, but in my, in my mind, I was like, talk to me, God. And, and it felt like he said, Vineyard's a good church. But then we began to explore, like, what would it be to be a great church? Like, God, what would it be like to be a great church? And one of the first things that came to my mind was a great church would have an impact on the community around it. Whether they realized it was because of that church things were better or not. Does that make sense? Even if they don't know why things are a little better in town, it'd be great if we were part of making things better. Like, for example, wouldn't it be great if there were fewer homeless folks on the street because we exist? Wouldn't it be great if marriages would last in our community more than other communities because we exist? Or single moms had more support because we exist? Wouldn't it be great if the abortion rate would go down because we exist? Wouldn't it be cool if the police had nothing to do? <laughs> or, I mean, wouldn't it be neat if they were like, I don't know, let's go have another donut. Sorry, cops. <laughs> oh, it's easy. No. <laughs> I mean, well, wouldn't that be cool if, like, over time, they just had less to do and were, that would be awesome. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Yeah, I can see. I'm a little scared right now of this kind police officer. Okay. So I want to lay a, lay a foundation for the series and to have a life of impact today. And uh, in Jeremiah 29, that's where we'll be. I'm sorry I should have told you that already. Jeremiah 29 is where we're going to be. And a little bit about the text, just a tiny bit of background. God's people, although his hope for them would have been to be in Jerusalem through their mess-ups and, and things, right now they, are, they have been exiled into uh, Babylon. And so they're on a detour from God's will. But he speaks to them in this moment. And he says, starting in verse 4, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, and then here's the theme verse for our series. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So again, the series is called Sent, Our Community, Our Opportunity, and I'm going to give you a couple ideas that will increase, will help us if we want to have an impact on our neighborhoods, city, community around us. Before I give you those, would you all stand? And uh, we're just going to pray for today and for the 
entire series. So Grape Road folks, if you would stand, let's pray. God, I pray that over the next six weeks you would help us grow no matter where we're at with this living a life outside of ourselves. Maybe we're not very good at it at all. Maybe we're pretty good, but I'm guessing we can all grow. So today and during the week, through 24 hours to love our city, during all these things, God, we invite you to use us to impact our community. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to give you a couple things this morning. I'm going to jump right in. The first one is this. A life that impacts others takes extra initiative. A little extra initiative. I noticed in the text the word also. So it says some, I think, pretty normal things. Build houses and settle down. Marry and have sons and daughters and increase in number. It's like, do your life. I think for the most part, if you're receiving this command from God, this would be pretty easy. Hey, I want you to settle down. You know, find it, get a date and hopefully it'll work out. And then you get married and have kids and get a job and have all that kind of stuff. But at the end of all that, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. This is where I'm living. At the end of all that, then he says, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city. Now here's what I think could happen in the midst of that command. I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm with you, God. Yeah, because I'd like to, you know, get an apartment or have a house. Yeah, I'm with you. That's good. And then we get, when he gets to the also, it would be easy to go, no, wait a minute. Now, now what am I supposed to do? Care for the people outside of my sphere. Care for the city. And could easily go to the, isn't there somebody else that's supposed to take care of that stuff? Isn't that, are you with me? Sometimes when you see situations and you think, oh, no, shouldn't the county Isn't that the county's responsibility? So let me give you some examples. So you hear, um, well, we naturally think that so many things are are on somebody else's plate, but not my plate. My plate is full, trying to get a house and kids and all that stuff. So you hear a story about the people in a certain area of the city who's got a sewer system problem, and you say, oh, yeah, here's the number for the city sewer people. They'll take care of you. Or you're driving on the road somewhere, or you find out something's going on, and you say, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's the county. Call the county. They'll fix you up. Right? None of you do this? None of you think this way? Well, God bless you perfect people. <laughs> or you hear a specific story of a family who's going through struggle, and you go, well, shouldn't Pre- President Donald, it's his fault. It's Mr. Trump's fault. He should fix I can't believe that's happening. Colin, or whatever, and we, we do this, somebody else should be fixing this stuff. And here's the idea. While many have high expectations of others, I think it's really natural for us to do this. Christians have expectations of themselves, We don't just wait or wish for someone else to get involved. I think it was about 10 years ago. It's been quite a while. I was walking on. I can't remember the specific road that I was walking on, uh, but I saw a pothole 
by the way, welcome to, you know, spring's coming and it'll happen, potholes. And I remember thinking, have you ever seen one you think, whoa, that's going to be bad for somebody. Like that's the kind that's going to cause car damage. And I, I'm sure my first thought was, whoa, city ought to take care of that. You know, it's, it's somebody's car, you know. And instead, and maybe it was like an encounter with God, I remember having this whacked out thought. Well, maybe I could fill it in. And so I spent the next two or three minutes out there getting the, the little pieces of gravel and things. And I just was doing this, and I filled in it as best as I could and patted it down just because I thought, that's going to rip somebody. So it was, but that was like a new thing. Some of you are like, what? I did, I did. I did this, and I put that stuff in there because I thought, well, I'm here. Why not do something? Two, two years ago, I, was, I came up to a T road that I go uh, uh, drive on quite a bit. And I noticed off to the left, the weeds and stuff had grown so tall that you couldn't see if the traffic was coming or not. And I'm like, man, this is going to be bad. Somebody's going to get, you know, smacked coming over that hill. And I'm sure my first thought was, well, why aren't the county taking care of that? And then I really think for sure this one was God. Like God like got in the car and here's what he said to me. I believe you have a weed whip in your garage. <laughs> and he spoke it like that. I believe you have a weed whip in your... No, he didn't. And which I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I remember later that afternoon I went home and got out my weed whip and went down to... <laughs> That's my weed whip sound. It's not very good, apparently. And did this thing. No, don't encourage. Um, <laughs> but I, so I just remember, now by, and that was just a new idea for me. Like, like, this is the big idea. Instead of just thinking, well, what everybody else should do or all the bad situations. They should, what, is, what do I have in my capacity to just get involved and do something? Just to be clear, this personal involvement thing is part of the gospel. It's part of what authentic Christians do and have done forever. In John 2.2, Jesus has an, this is the first miracle that he does. It says Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. By the way, they're not responsible for the wedding. They just got invited to the wedding. And some of you know the story. And when the wine was gone, they ran out of wine. And Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. And a lot of you know the story. And I picture Jesus' mom giving him the mom look, right? Hi, son, they have no more wine. <laughs> or what, you know, some kind of a, this... Thing. And Jesus says, woman, why do you involve me? Now, I do not, just so that you don't you know, call me a heretic or I'm out of... I, I think Jesus did everything right, and he was perfect in every way. And in this, and in this moment, I, his mom is basically, I'm saying, I, th I think she's, she's like, what's he... Get involved. And I think she probably had enough understanding of who her son was, Right? that God had planted him in her womb. He, she knew part of the miraculous things, the destiny on his life. 
God didn't send you from heaven to earth. I didn't give birth to you boys so you could sit on the sidelines. So make some wine. <laughs> Jesus probably never did that. But, but, you know, that was why he came. And it was the beginning. It was the start of Jesus got involved in things. That was part of what he did. And it's part of what he teaches us. In Luke 10, there's a famous Famous story, even if you don't know much about the Bible, you've probably heard of the Good Samaritan. Yes, the Good Samaritan. Jesus was again asked about, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? So there were people asking questions about what are the most important things that I need to do? And, and uh, in this case, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with everything. And he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And this individual wanted a little more information, and he said, now who's my neighbor? Because I probably, because he wanted to do this right, so who's my neighbor? Jesus told this story to teach us. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half Dead. So this is really serious. You've got a naked, probably bloody guy who's still alive halfway in the, I imagine, along the edge of the road or in the ditch. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So he sees him, and what does he do? He, avoid, he walks When I was thinking about it this week, in my mind, he treated him like a pothole. Kind of. He's like, ooh, that looks bad. By the way, God used this at least in my life. People are not potholes to be walked around, folks. So he walks around him. Says then, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But the hero of the story... A Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him, and I'll sum up the rest of the story, he got involved. He got involved. That story has been told, what, hundreds of thousands, millions of times over the generations, and no one... Almost no one argues the virtue of the story. We all go, yes, that is the best of humanity. That's the right thing to do. We tell little, we get little news stories about people who are good Samaritans and we go, yay. But the big question is, will we embrace that teaching for ourselves? That's the harder question. Not whether we will go, yeah, that's right. But it's whether we will do it and not walk around so many of the situations that we see. And so my little word of encouragement, my invitation to the Vineyard family, brothers and sisters here, Grape Road, is I don't, I don't even think that everybody's going to be like the Good Samaritan, but what if we were? What about us? There's a few folks here and I came across this great quote from cultural anthropologist Margaret Mead. Never believe that a few caring people can't change the world. 
for indeed, that's all who ever have. I just thought that was a great quote. Is, everybody gonna, is everyone going to get involved? Is everybody going to take responsibility for people outside of themselves? No. Could we do it and make a huge impact on the world? Absolutely. So here's some hints on this extra initiative side. Uh, things that I just to, to consider. First thing to finish up this point, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. I don't think the Good Samaritan just had one good day. Probably the kind of person he was. You just adapt a caring heart for other people and a willingness to get involved at times. Second hint, start small. Start small. I think it's okay to start small. Fill in a pothole. <laughs> get out your weed whip. Help your neighbor that's, you know, not right next to you, but when their trash can's out in the wind blowing this spring, and you go, well, that's going to hurt somebody. I wonder whose wonder who trash can that is. That's it. Instead of just, you know, trying to time it so you can get past it before it swirl. Don't you guys ever do this? Man, you guys are amazing. But, you know, instead of a vo just decide, I guess I'll pull my car over and help or just be involved in something. And it doesn't have to be huge. I'm, I'm, I have an increasing concern or, or challenge. I think I'm challenged by God to have a concern for the unborn and, and some of those things. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? Uh, but I got invited to a fundraiser this last year. And I thought, well, at least I can do that. So I went there and a step at a time and we'll see what God leads. Start small. The last thing in terms of a hint is resist worst case scenario. Like thinking, I think sometimes we will get prompted by God. We'll have a great idea to be a good Samaritan, and we immediately think of all the horrible things that might happen. Like you see the pothole thing, and you think, well, I'll fill it in. And then you think, well, what if someone sees me filling it in? And what if the road department comes and says, do you have a permit to fill in that pothole? And, you know, or some union person says, that's my job. Don't you be filling in that pothole. Or what if you fill in the pothole and it's just like, okay, filled in. And then somebody comes in a week later and they hit the pothole and they crash. And then somebody goes, you know what? I saw this guy out there. He was filling in the pothole. He was messing with the pothole. I know his name. Here, sue him. Because you could probably, does that, you guys don't ever think, isn't it amazing how goofy our minds get sometimes? I've been, I've been pitching, pick, picking up hitchhikers for a long, long time. Some of you just freaked out because I said that for forever. And it's amazing the kind of stories that people think are going to happen if you stop and give someone a ride. Because you know they all, have, they all have giant machetes in their back pocket. I saw it on Dateline. They're just waiting. They're all just waiting because, you know, the door's, door's going to open and they're going to get in and 50 of their buddies are going to come in. And they're gonna, then they're going to cut you into small pieces and then they're going to scatter your... That's what happens. Didn't you see? I'm sure it's going <laughs> to... Do you guys ever think the worst... You just think the worst case scenario. You think, oh, I'll help. And we talk ourselves out of just being kind. I've picked up hundreds of, uh, probably hundreds of hitchhikers in my life. And you know what? I've, I've learned a few things. You know what mostly is going on with them? I'm going to tell you what's going on with hitchhikers. They, they, they need a ride. <laughs> That's it. It's pretty much they need a ride. 
of the dozens and dozens I've picked up, they were all just, just needed a rhyme. One was kind of creepy. But we made it through that. I cut him up into little pieces. <laughs> That's horrible. See, I shouldn't say those things. All of a sudden, I'm like, well, that was nothing. <laughs> What's up? Okay. No, he was, I think he was just probably as scared as, you know. Okay, now we need to move, really move on to the next point. <laughs> Second idea is a life that impacts others takes prayer. This is pretty simple. Life that, take, that impacts others takes prayer. This is very clear in the text. The first part of the text is like, seek the peace and prosperity of the city. That's kind of vague, like how are we going to do that? But the second thing is pray to the Lord for it. Pray about the stuff going on in your community, your neighborhood, and in the city. So when you hear the news story about this school thing or that difficult in the family, just simply pause and say, God, will you get involved in that and help? You can fill this in. Making a difference isn't just us acting, which we should. We should increase and, and get involved in things. But it includes us praying. It includes us praying. In Second, Chronic, Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles 7.14... Some of you know this verse. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, there's other things there too. Seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. It says, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We have a God who, who wants to heal and help. But part of the equation is we ask him for such things. Remember, I was impacted years ago. I went to a conference. Uh, uh, the, the teacher was there, uh, and I've lost track of what he's doing now. His name's Francis Frangipan. What a cool name. Fran something like Francis Frangipan. And I remember he was talking about being concerned for his city. And uh, I don't know that I had the quote perfectly, but I remember writing it down, and it's impacted me through these years. He says, if I watch the news and hear of a tragedy in my city... I take a sense of personal responsibility. And then this is what struck me. He said, I, he thinks and feels I should have prayed more. So if something happens, he had a personal sense of, I'm sorry, God, I should have known more. I should have prayed more. God, I should have been more sensitive to what was going on. And, and I should have prayed. Now, I don't think you can take this to the extreme. If something bad happens, I don't think we beat ourselves up. But wouldn't it be cool if we all had a little more sense of that kind of responsibility for things going on in our town? Here's the last fill in the blank. What would happen if 1,500 people prayed? By the, by the way, on a weekend between here and Grape Road, there's like 1,500 people typically that show. What would happen if over the next six weeks, and maybe even as a lifestyle moving forward, instead of just watching the news or just hearing difficult stories, we just began to be prayers. Get involved ourselves and ask for the involvement of God. Who knows? So with that said, we're going to finish our time, both here at Grape Road, don't turn off yet, um, 
In every service that we do throughout this series, we're going to have a special time of prayer for a person, I mean, for a population or a situation in our city, uh, in our community. And so today, uh, we've asked Corey and Stephanie Betzer, who are teachers in one of the local school systems, to come forward. If you can grab that microphone, if it's there. And uh, they're going to pray for our school system and teachers and stuff. So would you, uh, Grape Road in here, could we all, a lot of times we don't ask this of you a lot, but would, could we bow our heads for this while they lead us in praying for our community and specifically uh, our teachers and educational system? Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to pause and just pray for our schools. I pray for all who are involved in the schools. I pray for the teachers, the counselors, uh, the nurses, the custodians, the aides, um, everybody who is involved with all of these children, that you will just speak love into their hearts, bring peace into our schools, um, make our students feel safe and secure so they can learn, so they can grow, so they can prosper. Um, especially during this time of year, a lot of the students start to get a little tired and teachers start to lose their drive. I just pray that you fill them with energy to finish the school year strong. I pray for our administrators. I pray that they lead their schools with integrity um, and that they continue to be supportive of teachers and the parents and the students. And that we could all just work together just to make our students thrive and uh, become good citizens. Lord, I especially pray for uh, our youth. Pastor Mark spoke last week about the pureness of heart and mind. Um, currently, Lord, middle schoolers are learning about growth and development and human reproduction and, and some of the comments made and some of their um, thoughts in their heart has been... Um, polluted, Lord, and uh, I pray that you give teachers the wisdom to uh, navigate through that so they understand that there's a purpose and a reason um, for male and female, and, uh, and we're here to glorify God um, through his word, and uh, Lord, especially pray for parents who are the number one and first teachers of all those children that are born. Uh, allow them to raise their children to know you and allow us to not fail them when they come to our schools, Lord. We ask this all in your name. Amen. All right. Why don't you stand and we'll uh, close in prayer. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.